You're listening to NPS Connections with A.J. Hoffman. Welcome to NPS Connections. I'm your host, A.J. Hoffman. I have the pleasure of being joined today by three social-emotional learning specialists here in the district. Uh, Their names are Zoe Ferguson. Zoe, say hello. Hello. What school are you usually stationed at? I am at Adams Elementary full-time. All right, thank you. And Karen Muma. Hello. Karen, Karen, where are you at? I am at Midland High. Okay, and you're kind of working with our our secondary students, correct? Correct. Okay, cool. And Debbie Winstone. Debbie, how are you? Hi, I'm fine. Thank you, Aaron. (laughs) What, What school are you at? I am based at Chestnut Hill Elementary. Okay, awesome. All right, well, thank you all for, for joining me today. So I, I was just learning about this this morning. So let's start off with the basics. What What is social-emotional learning? Well, I think one of the best ways to answer it would really be to use Castle's definition, and Castle is the collaborative academic social-emotional learning. If it's okay with you, I'll go ahead and read that go one. Right just ahead. Because it, it really covers the, the gamut. So social-emotional learning is an integral part of education and human development. It's the process through which all young people and adults acquire and apply knowledge, skills, and attitudes to develop healthy identities, manage emotions, and achieve personal and collective goals. They feel and show empathy for others, others establish and maintain supportive relationships, and make responsible and caring decisions. So it's kind of like there are five fundamental competencies. So self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, relationship skills, and then responsible decision-making. So basic human skills that people need for social interaction in all walks of life. And that they'll need for the rest of their lives, right? Right, absolutely. I think I already know the answer to this, but Karen, I'll put you on the spot since okay. you uh, you rose your <laughs> hand. So <laughs> uh, what's, I think I already know the answer. What, what do, what students benefit from SEL? The student benefit from SEL, I think, is that really their, their life skills. Uh, SEL... You know, we talk about soft skills or those things that you use every day, but I like to call SEL skills essential skills. I mean, it is learning to communicate and work through conflict and uh, do so with respect and kindness and just understand one another in a sense, but also understanding ourselves. So they are essential in that whether you're in school or you're in the workplace or you're with your family, these are skills that are going to be important to have and use. I, I love that you said that because I uh, mentioned soft skills because I, I was reading an article that mentioned that exactly. In, in Inc. Magazine, they were talking about the most employable skills, the, the biggest employability skills, cognitive flexibility negotiation skills, service orientation, judgment and decision-making, emotional intelligence, um, coordinating with others, people management, creativity, critical thinking, and complex problem solving. Those are ten top, the top ten most employable or employability skills, top ten skills that are most, that employers are looking for the most, and they're all social-emotional you know, related skills. Yeah, yeah, it's all connected. Yeah, it's all connected. I mean, you're going to need that at well after school. The whole point of school is to get you a job eventually, right? Correct. Um, how are staff positively affected by SEL? You know, I think for the most part, because this is a tier one intervention in a sense, meaning that all are exposed to it, the the staff not only understand you know, their own self-awareness of their emotions and how they're impacted 
in the classroom and how they interact with other people. I mean, again, this isn't just children. This is adults and children and and everyone. So what applies to the kids in the classroom also applies to the adults in the classroom. And for them to understand when they are feeling stress and needing to take a break and then how can I do that? And not only that, I think it models to the students the real world. I mean, the adults in my life also have stress, also need to stop and take a pause. And for a staff member to be able to say that in front of a room of students uh, models a, a good choice, a good behavior, a good way to deal with conflict, stress, whatever it is. We talked a little bit about it before we, we went on the air and how exactly SEL is implemented and you guys you guys kind of explained it much much better you don't really you might work with some students directly but for the most part you guys work with the the boots on the ground the teachers so kind of explain how that works a little bit any one of you I mean sure we're certainly at the elementary level we've um, had a unique opportunity we've been working with an educational consultant to help build resiliency skills in our teachers and MPS has been able to embrace that and we have been offering professional learning to our elementary teachers. In addition to that, we have kind of embraced the, um, the structure of how that model is implemented and we've been offering coaching to teachers and a new, fairly new idea is offering um, structured reflection to those adults as well to help them kind of process any emotional, emotional or... Um, not necessarily mental health, but just emotional struggles of the job and and help them reflect and come up hopefully with their own solutions to how they can work through it, but also being there in in a a room full of people that would be supportive. It would be a small group, but they'd be supportive of listening and helping them process. And the goal with that is to help the teachers stop reaching the point of burnout where they feel overwhelmed. And in addition to that, we are also offering mindfulness classes. We go into the classroom and we model for the teachers some mindfulness activities, some interventions that students can use to help help regulate. Because I think, as Karen was saying, the adult SEL is just as important. In fact, probably primary importance yeah. um, once the, the teachers are able to recognize when they need to take a break to self-regulate, then that, as Karen said, it's a great way to model for the students how to do that. And once the students have that ability, they're able to manage those emotions and get along with their peers. Excellent. We'll get into to background on each of you in just a little bit, but I want to ask, how, how many specialists are there in the district? Well, there are six at the elementary level, and I believe two, two at, the, at secondary, the secondary, one in each high school. So, Zoe, you were a teacher last year. What made you want to move or, uh, or focus on this method of learning? Yes, um, I had the opportunity to actually go through the MPS resiliency program last year as a teacher and had mindfulness brought into my classroom, and I recognized the value in it. Um, it, was, it was huge, and as an educator, I was feeling burnt out. Um, I was only in my fourth year. I was feeling physically, emotionally, mentally, my professional wellness just wasn't where I wanted or needed it to be, um, and it just felt like increasing demands and responsibilities and not a whole lot of validation among colleagues and myself. So the lunchroom wasn't a great place to be a lot of days. And so when this position came along and I realized that I could possibly be that support for the adults in the building and create space, 
Because like Debbie and Karen said, the adults also come in every day with their own stresses, their own emotions, their own relationships that they're managing both personally and professionally. And we have to allow for that. And so that opportunity to recognize that and validate that, hey, like you're all human too. Yes, we all have a job to do, but you have to take care of you first. And by doing that, we're able to provide the best education for our kiddos. So it, it was a neat opportunity for me to still support students while also supporting staff. I don't know too much about that, that resiliency program, but that's, that's an awesome resource to have yes. right here in the district. All right, Debbie, you were our first SEL specialist. What's, what's your history with SEL, and how did the district decide this was necessary? Well, my personal history, I've always had uh, interest in SEL-related activities. Uh, being a social worker, that kind of go hands in hand, goes hand in hand with what we do and with our mental health um, elements. In terms of with MPS, um, when I first joined, I was given the opportunity to work alongside um, the educational consultant and deliver the MPS resiliency professional learning, and that was a great, um, a great connection for me. It it fed into my professional learning that I'd done on educational neuroscience, so that was a, a great fit for me. I really enjoyed that. And then after that first year, we had the opportunity to expand the program. I think, to be honest, my my recollection is that we got to the point that we needed to expand because we had just lived through a collective trauma. We'd had the pandemic, we'd had the Midland flood. We were having um, adults and students alike showing up dysregulated. Um, They were just under a lot of stress, emotional stress. And we know that stress brains can't learn. We know that stress brains can't teach very effectively. So it was an ideal opportunity to try and expand it. And I know we reached out to the um, at the elementary level to the administrators to try and find out what they felt would be most beneficial. They had input, like how can we best help our staff and students, and that's where we decided that um, one of the good uses of the ESSA funds would be to develop these programs and enable us to have a social-emotional learning specialist based in each elementary building and then some at the secondary level too. That's awesome. Thank you, Debbie. Now, Karen, what are some of the some of the positive things that are that we're implementing regarding SEL in our own district? I think first and and foremost, there were several of us that went to a conference uh, on mindfulness at the beginning of August, and one thing that stood out to me. I mean, we had, you know, I think there was five of us there, and most of the other districts that were there had maybe one person, and everybody was. I don't want to put the word impressed in their mouth, but at least caught off guard in a sense that that we had a group of people and that in each building or in buildings, we had people called social emotional learning specialists and that the Midland Public School District was heading in a direction that met the requirements that are being set forth by the state of Michigan uh, in a way that is going to have a greater impact than having one person in a district who kind of tries to oversee everything that's going on. Um, so, so I think the commitment of Midland Public Schools with social-emotional learning specialists, with the student su- support specialists, and focusing not only on students 
uh, health and well-being, including that mental health piece, but but the staff and the adults in the building, which is a huge part of of what SEL is. And you know, we're focused on the wellness not only of the staff, but the students. And one of the things that I've been doing at Midland Public Schools is, or at Midland High, uh, is creating uh, kind of a place for that to take place. Uh, and we now have what is called the RWC, or the Resource Wellness Center. And it is uh, an area in the building where there are offices for various people, the um, SSS is there, my office is there, uh, school psychologists, social workers. So there's there's staff coaches uh, there and things, but um, it's also a place for staff to just come and have a place to work, to take a break uh, for students who maybe have been through kind of seeing their own counselor, maybe gone through administration, those kind of things. One of the other things at the secondary level that uh, SELs are tasked with is uh, restorative practices and restorative circles. So if a student uh, is suspended or has some type of a behavioral um, issue previously, then they come back and they work hand-in-hand together. So that would be more of a two-tier tier two, tier three element of SEL, but kind of integrating those students back into the building and making sure that we're looking at where they were, where they've come, what the expectation is, those kind of things. So when we we hear all these acronyms and everything else, you've got SEL, you've got restorative practices, you've got, you know, MTSS and, and all these other things that really all go together hand in hand. Yeah. So is it safe to say like SEL is a pretty broad term then, right? I mean, you're, you're helping a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Oh, that's awesome. So, well, thank you ladies for being here today. I really appreciate your time. I hope everybody learned something that's listening at home. Um, Is there a resource that people can go to, to to find out more um, and kind of explore on their own more about social emotional learning? I think the Castle site is a great place to start. Um, if you go to www.castlecasel.org, there's a lot of information there for both teachers, parents, and students. Okay. And what about here in the district? Is there anybody that well, what would be a good starting point if a parent is listening and they think their child might need a um, social-emotional learning specialist or maybe even a teacher is listening and thinks that they there's somebody they need to reach out to? What would be a good a good starting point? Sure, I would say um, within the buildings, obviously at the elementary level, we have one social emotional learning specialist per building. Um, so, in terms of caregivers, parents at home, I would encourage them to reach out to their classroom teacher, um, who would then in turn reach out to us. And it can be a, a team approach is really what we're going for here to support the student in the way that they need. Um, Information also can be found on bulletin boards. I know at the elementary level, um, they're updated regularly that provide things like questions. You can ask your children to have some of these conversations and what we're focusing on in school and how does it connect to our PYP, the IB program. Um, So there are a lot of resources out there. It's just 
reaching out, being willing to be vulnerable and reach out. Awesome. All right. Thanks again, ladies, for being here today. This is AJ Hoffman for MPS Connections. I'm signing off. We'll, we'll see you in two weeks. We hope you enjoyed this episode of NPS Con- Connections. We release new content on the first and third Thursday of almost every month. Do you have an idea for a podcast or another content from around the district? Send it to communications at midlandps.org. Thanks.